Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack family. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 113. Boy, I'm excited about this week's episode. Last week, we talked to Philip Bellini about the Marian Catechist Apostolate. This week and the next two, we'll hear from the international director himself, Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. But we're not going to hear his eminence talk about the Marian Catechist Apostolate in this episode. Instead, we're going to hear Cardinal Burke talk about something related to Pope Francis that, to the best of my knowledge, he's never talked about on a medium like the Cantankerous Catholic. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke is so busy that I've worked for months to get his eminence on this show. He's my friend, and I'm a Marian catechist, so just imagine how hard it is to get him on any other show for an interview. So we're really blessed and fortunate to have Cardinal Burke on the show this week. The interview with His Eminence was so good that I'm dividing it between this and the next two episodes. In this part of the interview, His Eminence talks about the legitimacy of Pope Francis' election to the chair of Peter. He's also going to talk about the divine nature of the church and why it's so important to not only remain in the church, but to get fired up about it. Let's listen. Six-Pack Family, this is the interview you've been waiting for. Today, we're with Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. I don't think any of you need an introduction to his eminence, but I will say that he's the most outspoken defender of the Catholic faith in the English-speaking world. 
Your Eminence, welcome to the Cantankerous Catholic, and thank you for speaking to the Six Pack family. Thank you, Joe. I'm pleased to be with you. Thank you. Your Eminence, I know you're busier than a three legged dog scratching fleas, so let's dig right in. Your Eminence, there isn't a week that goes by that I don't have to convince members of the Six Pack family to remain in the Catholic Church, to not give up. They cite this pontiff and his confusing and often heterodox positions, the promotion of homosexuality in both the priesthood and the laity, the apparent move toward the ordination of women in some quarters, and the cowardice and often faithlessness of our bishops in promoting Joe Biden prior to the election, only to sound the alarm about his pro-death and anti-marriage and anti-family policies after his illegitimate election. When I have to deal with this weekly, I know there are many others out there I never hear from. What would you say to these poor, confused, and discouraged souls? Well, first of all, I understand your confusion, and I also understand the temptation to discouragement. We're living in very difficult times, and I suppose if there's one word to describe the state of the church in the present moment, it is confusion. Confusion about some of the most fundamental truths of our faith, fundamental truths of the moral life. But what we must remember is that no matter what any person in the church, even on the highest level, may be doing at any given point in time or saying at any given point in time, that Jesus Christ remains always the head of the church and that he will never abandon us and that he will bring us through this present suffering, and it is indeed a great suffering, if we only remain faithful to him. But we can't abandon him because he's with us in the church. He promised us that he would be with us in the church until the end of time. And so we have to remain faithful to him, stick with him. And that means following what the church has always taught and practiced. There isn't anyone who can tell you that now sometimes it's okay to have an abortion or somebody who can tell you that now it's morally acceptable for people of the same sex to have genital relations with each other and so forth. No, these things have always been wrong and they continue to be wrong. Uh, and we, we have to simply suffer with the confusion at the present moment, but uh, in suffering with it to keep ourselves strong, inform ourselves about our faith, what the church teaches, and then in our conversations with other people and in other settings, uh, defend our faith, defend the truth, no matter what people are, are saying to the, to the contrary. And so it's, um, it's really a time to, and I must say this above all, we all have to pray more because the, the church is in a very, very bad situation, and so is our country. We need to pray so much and do all that we can to fortify, fortify ourselves to be good members of the body of Christ and to be good citizens of the United States, even though uh, what we believe and what we, we fight for may be very unpopular, and certainly not, as they say, politically correct. To us, all that matters in the end is that we please our Lord, that we do his will. And so we don't uh, permit ourselves to... Uh, drawn in one direction or another by what might be popular or uh, what might be so-called politically correct. 
Thank you, Reminence. I I hope all of the right six pack family who are listening to this takes what uh, takes what his eminence says to heart. Your eminence, there are a lot of listeners adhering to all kinds of conspiracy theories about Francis not being the legitimate pope. I recall asking you a few years ago about this very thing myself, and you reminded me that you were then the conclave that elected Pope Francis. Will you please put the six-pack family's minds at peace about this and explain why we have hope for the future of the church and faithful Catholics? Yes, I'm, I'm happy to speak to this question. Of course, I can't make any comments about the conclave itself, but I can tell you this, that there's no doubt in my mind that Pope Francis is the legitimately elected pope. Whether uh, we agree with him or not, or whether we have questions about some things that went on uh, before the election or at the time of his election as pope, we have to understand that the cardinals who were in the conclave elected him, and he is, he is our pope. And for that reason, we have to pray for him, even if at times... We have to speak very forthrightly to him about our concerns about the church. And that's something that's we're taught even in the Code of Canon Law in Canon two thousand uh, Canon two hundred and twelve, that the faithful have an obligation, not only a right, but an obligation to to make known their concerns for the church to their pastors, beginning with the Holy Father and the and the bishops and the priests who are the bishop's principal co-workers. If we start engaging in theories or conspiracy theories or whatever that lead us to doubt about the, the fact that the Sea of Peter is in fact occupied, then we're going to be calling into question our faith in our Lord himself uh, because it means that somehow we think that our Lord has left us in the church, and that the, and we, that's not uh, possible for us. We have simply to uh, to pray for the Pope, to make known publicly our concerns, as many good people are doing, and and to fight for our Lord and and for His Church. Thank you, Eminence. I deeply appreciate that. A lot of people needed to hear what you had to say about that. Uh, now let's shift gears a little bit. This is just the beginning of Cardinal Burke's interview. As we get more deeply into it, you'll love what he has to say even more than you did in this first part of the interview. Next week, as eminence, we'll talk about one of my favorite topics, the Marian Catechist Apostolate. I hope you tune in. Have you heard? A brand new translation of the Holy Bible is available for Catholics. Introducing the English Standard Version Catholic Edition, the most beautiful and readable Catholic translation of the Bible. If you've ever had difficulty reading the Bible or are looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, this is the Bible for you. The new translation includes changes to nearly 60,000 words from the Revised Standard Version and is the best combination of a literal translation written in smooth and readable English. Available in bonded leather, hardcover or softcover, the ESV Catholic Edition is a Bible you will love and a translation you can trust. To learn more about the ESV Catholic Edition or to purchase your copy, visit catholicbible.org. Again, that's www.catholicbible.org.
Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Daily Wire. The New York Times called President Biden, quote, perhaps the most religiously observant commander-in-chief in half a century, end quote. CNN claimed Biden is, quote, the first publicly church-going president in decades, end quote. And NBC touted, quote, Biden's faith on display, end quote. But when Amy Coney Barrett said her legal career is but a means to an end, and that end is building the kingdom of God, it was considered an example of her radicalism by the New York Times. Barrett was confirmed to the Supreme Court last October. Those are fighting words! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the National Catholic Register. President Biden revoked a ban on gender transitioning in the military, allowing troops to serve on the basis of their gender identity. There goes the remainder of our military readiness. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to the Catholic News Agency. Sister Simone Campbell, known for organizing the Nuns on the Bus Tour, said that President Biden has a very developed approach to abortion. She made the comments during an online panel discussion with the dissident National Catholic Reporter. I call it the National Catholic Distorter. Campbell also claimed that the political obsession with the criminalization of abortion has broken the church apart. Have fun on Judgment Day, sister. You're wacko! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to America's Freedom Fighters Famous actor Denzel Washington, one of my favorite actors, just made some comments that are going to send Black Lives Matter into an outrage. The veteran of Hollywood said his latest role as an attorney in Roman J. Israel Esquire reinforced his belief that black men can't blame the system because they tend to make it easy work when it comes to filling America's prison systems. Going further, Washington said it's the breakdown of the black family that's causing so much crime within the community. It starts at home, said Washington. That makes me sad. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to the New York Post. New York Attorney General Letitia James issued a report that found that nursing home deaths from COVID were 50% higher than Governor Andrew Cuomo claimed. The report also found that at least 4,000 New Yorkers died after the Cuomo administration issued a mandate for nursing homes to admit medically stable COVID-positive patients, which James said may have put residents at increased risk of harm in some facilities. This oh-so-compassionate Democrat governor is guilty of murder, but we knew that, didn't we? Despicable! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair.
It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. A missionary priest who worked among the native people of the Himalayan mountains used to tell of an astounding custom among the people. Since murder was considered the most horrible crime that could be committed, the punishment was always death. When a murder had been committed, but no one knew who the murderer was, everybody in the village was obliged to pass by the victim's body, which was placed in the main street, and as each person passed the body, he placed his hand on the corpse and took a solemn oath that he had no part in the crime, an incredibly hard but fitting challenge for the guilty party. The fifth commandment is, you shall not kill. As it's true of all the commandments, the fifth commandment implies so much more than simply murder. Indeed, this commandment implies more than any of the other nine. Some of the sins forbidden by the fifth commandment are intentional homicide, abortion, euthanasia, child abuse, sterilization, suicide, and all that can lead to physical and spiritual harm to oneself or others. The latter includes anger, fighting, revenge, drunkenness, drug abuse, torments inflicted on mind and body, hatred, and bad example. Since we now live in a culture of death, we'll begin by looking at only a few of these this week. Intentional homicide is the unjust taking of an innocent human life. That's not to say that all killing is murder. The key to the mortal sin of murder is the word innocent. It can be lawful, God's law, not necessarily man's, to take the life of another person when there is no other means to defend one's own life or the life of another. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the act of self-defense can have a double effect, the preservation of one's own life and the killing of the aggressor. The one is intended, the other is not. Legitimate defense can be not only a right but a grave duty for one who is responsible for the lives of others. The defense of the common good requires that an unjust aggressor be rendered unable to cause harm. It can also be lawful to take the life of another person in a just war. Taking a life in defense of a human life opens the door to discussion about capital punishment. Like abortion, capital punishment has come to be perceived more as a political issue than a moral issue. Indeed, few issues are more hotly debated than the death penalty, but the Roman Catholic Church has remained firmly resolved in the consistency of her 2,000-year moral teaching in this area. The Church tells us that she, quote, does not exclude recourse to the death penalty if this is the only way possible of effectively defending human lives against the unjust aggressor, end quote. She continues to say, quote, if, however, non-lethal means are sufficient to defend and protect people's safety from the aggressor, authority will limit itself to such means, as these are more in keeping with the concrete conditions of the common good and more in conformity with the dignity of the human person, end quote. Due to the advanced state of modern penology, this essentially rules out the use of capital punishment in Occidental society, but it still doesn't make it immoral. 
Let's finish this week's Catholic boot camp with a brief look at abortion. Abortion is the intentional killing of a preborn child at any time after conception. The God-given authority of a parent does not extend to the taking of the life of the preborn child. Abortion, in any form, is always a mortal sin. The church is taught from her inception that abortion is always morally evil. Despite the arguments of the so-called pro-choice lobby, abortion is never justified, no matter the cause of the child's conception, including rape and incest. It's easy to understand how a mother would be inclined to not want a child conceived in rape or incest, but the child still has as much right to life as the mother. The church is very sympathetic to such involuntary mothers, and many organizations and agencies associated with the church are set up to provide for counseling, temporal and medical assistance, and adoption as a moral alternative to abortion. The church automatically imposes the penalty of excommunication on any person who procures an abortion. This penalty extends to anyone who aids in the procurement or otherwise participates in any way with an abortion. This automatic excommunication, then, extends to Catholic politicians who are pro-choice. Let's finish by making it very clear just what exactly excommunication is. Excommunication is an ecclesiastical penalty... Excommunication is an ecclesiastical penalty by which a baptized Catholic is excluded from the communion of the faithful for committing and remaining obstinate in certain serious offenses specified in canon law. Any excommunicated Catholic is deprived of church membership and its spiritual goods until he repents, is absolved, and the excommunication is lifted by the proper ecclesiastical authority. In other words, should a person who is excommunicated die in that state, he goes before Almighty God already judged by his church. Abortion is arguably one of the greatest evils in society today, and excommunication is a fitting punishment from Holy Mother Church. Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a holy orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, the Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic is barely two years into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 77 countries, all 50 states, and 177 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women, ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2020 was 14% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each episode's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today on the Sponsor Kit page on our website, cantankerouscatholic.com, or email Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. The 
Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from Pope Pius IX. He said, Give me an army saying the rosary and I will conquer the world. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. In 1834, the Ursuline Convent in Charlestown, Massachusetts, was set on fire by some anti-Catholic fanatics. Though the sisters appealed to the arsonists to stop, the men were intent on plundering the church. One of them went before the high altar, broke open the tabernacle, seized the ciborium, and emptied the consecrated host into his coat pocket. Then he went to a tavern surrounded by his fellow fanatics and began to tell them of his oh-so-courageous deed. You know, the burning out of sisters and risking the lives of the children they cared for. In the midst of the blasphemous speech, he suddenly noticed a Catholic looking at him with horror. For spite, the man took several hosts from his pocket, held them high above his head, and shouted, Here, look at your God. You don't need to go to your church anymore to see him. The dumbfounded Catholic stood there paralyzed. What should he do? But God's vengeance had already overtaken the blasphemer. At that moment, he turned deathly pale and, feeling himself seized by a sickening feeling, fled the room. A half hour passed, yet he didn't return to the room. A dreadful fear seemed to grip everyone present. They found him lying in another room, dead. God's vengeance will sooner or later overtake those who hate him. Sometimes you may wonder why he doesn't punish his enemies at once. But God is very patient in order to give them the opportunity to repent. We sometimes show our hatred to God in a manner that's not quite so spectacular as the blasphemer when we fall into mortal sin. But a mortal sin is nonetheless an act of hatred toward God. Did you folks practicing contraception hear that? Our hatred may be greater than the wretched man in our story because we know what we're doing. Under the Constitution, established law, and historic precedent, members of both houses of Congress and Vice President Pence could have saved our constitutional democratic republic on January 6th, but they didn't. They could have stood up to fight for us, but they chose not to. Every one of these people are guilty of treason against the Constitution and the people of the United States of America. This has nothing to do with Trump losing the election, but rather the integrity of our elections and defending the Constitution. Therefore, until I've finished the list, every week I'll tell you who those Republican traitors are, five at a time. Then it's up to you to defeat these folks during the primaries in the voting booth so they're thrown out of office. They don't even deserve to be American citizens, much less members of Congress. This week's list of traitors include Senator Deb Fisher, a Republican from Nebraska, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, you know, this really didn't surprise me at all, because Senator Graham has a lot of great things to say and important promises to make, but he really doesn't do a thing in the world, and he's just a rhino. Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa. 
Senator Bill Haggerty from Tennessee, and finally, Senator John Hoven this from North Dakota. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.